As we continue on our pilgrimage of Lent, that wonderful journey from Ash Wednesday all the way up to Easter, we continue to examine our, the theme of our preaching series, What God Wants for You. We saw the first week that God wants for each of us a relationship of love, a relationship that changes all aspects of our lives. We learn the next week that God wants for each of us the experience of carrying us, that each of us has burdens, has a cross, has sufferings in this life, and the Lord says, I am right next to you. Place your burdens on me, and I will carry you. And last week, with the woman at the well, we saw that the Lord wants hope for us. He tells us, if you knew how much I love you, you would know that you have a future. You have hope in me. So we come to this week, and what does Jesus have for us? How do we answer the question, what does God want for you? With the story of the man born blind, I would have to say that what God wants for us is abundance, abundance of life, more. God wants more for us. Now, if we are to get into the heart of this gospel, I suggest, actually, that we begin at the end. We have the Pharisees approach our Lord and say, are you telling us that we are somehow blind? How can that be? That's impossible. We are not blind as this man is blind. Throughout this week I've been reflecting, how, how can I be blind? Is there somehow a way that I am blind and that we can be blind? Now we know there are many types of blindness, perhaps a, blind, a physical blindness, perhaps blindness in relationships. But I think, especially as Catholics, as Christians, there can be a spiritual blindness, a, a blindness to the riches God has in store for us. We don't even have to know that they're there. Just look at the man, let's imagine the man born blind, sitting at the foot of the temple, in the stairs of the temple, banging with a stick, asking for alms. He's probably used to that. Doing that every day, that's how he makes his living. He does not really know the abundance of what he's missing. He just goes about his day, does not aware of the more that God wants for him. What is that for us? What is our blindness? I think one of the ways in which I have been blind in my own spiritual life is the fact that, as a Catholic, I often view things in terms of duty and obligation and obedience. That I would go to Mass and go to do my prayers, and I'm going to do this out of obedience. And that's good. Just as the disciples approach Jesus and say, because this man is blind, is he a sinner? And Jesus says, absolutely not. And they would say, and Jesus would say to us, if you live out your faith out of obedience, is that bad? Absolutely not. It is wonderful. God treasures that. God delights in the fact that we would go to him and say, we, I offer this to you because you ask it of me. The same can be said of coming to Mass. We might say, Mass is just an obligation, and that it is. And it is beautiful that we come. But is there more? Is there an abundance of life in Mass that we are not aware of? That there can be, be led into? 
When I was growing up, I had a wonderful upbringing in the faith, and my parents imparted a love for the faith. And obviously, I still love it to this day, standing up here. But so often growing up, I wondered, God, I don't really want to pray today. I don't really want to go to Mass. I'm frustrated with this. I, I, I do these things out of duty for you. Now, let's share a little secret. For me, entering the seminary was kind of like that. I entered the seminary out of obligation, out of duty, out of obedience. The Lord made it very clear, Michael, you were supposed to be in the seminary. And I followed because I love the Lord and because I am his soldier. I will stand there and I will follow his will wherever it goes. And yet, I went begrudgingly. Lord, I don't really want to do this. All of that changed. As good as all of that was, all of that changed on a retreat I had in seminary. So the retreat director had us, all the seminarians in this room, and he said, the first prayer exercise I want you all to do on this retreat is to reflect on the baptism in the Jordan. And it is in, the, in that story, in the baptism of the Jordan, that each of us is shown our identity as baptized Christians, who we really are. So I thought about, in this homily, how would I tell you all about this? So instead of just telling you, I want us all to go through this prayer exercise. So I want us all to close our eyes. Close your eyes. Come Holy Spirit, enter our hearts right now that we would be able to see and experience the baptism of Jesus. Imagine that you are on the banks of the River Jordan. You can see the banks going up and maybe palm trees cover the river. There are many people there waiting to be baptized by John the Baptist. Imagine there is a breeze and you are standing right next to Jesus in the river. The water is cold. Then John pushes you under the water with Jesus. And all of the noise, all of the distractions of the outside world disappear in the silence, that muffled silence that comes when we go under the water. Leave all of your anxieties, all the things you're worried about, any cross that you bear, any anxiety on your heart, leave it on the shore and be here with Jesus. We are in silence with Jesus. He loves us and his gaze of love opens our hearts. And then we rise. We rise out of the water and imagine that the water is pouring off us, our clothes are wet, and as the breeze hits our skin, we get a little bit of a chill. What do we hear? The retreat director said, My friends, the first word that Jesus hears, the first words spoken to him as he rises out of the River Jordan are spoken to you. And what does Jesus hear? You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter, in whom I am well pleased. You are my beloved son, my beloved daughter, in whom I am well pleased. You can open your eyes. When I read this passage and prayed over it in a holy hour, I didn't just read the passage. 
It was, those words were spoken not at me, but to me. And I knew that I was a beloved son of the Father. And that in that realization, in that experience of the Holy Spirit in my heart, I knew that I did not deserve this love at all. I did not deserve it. I did not merit it in any way. Nothing I, do, nothing I could do or ever do would give me, could give me that gift. And yet it was given freely. And also, nothing I could do could ever take that love away. Nothing I could ever do would make God stop loving me. And that experience, that went from my head into my heart, touched, touched my heart, changed me forever. I just broke down. Suddenly, all of the things I had done in my life and faith, the duty, the obligation, the prayers I had said, and the, and the things I had offered up to the Lord, suddenly I realized they were but part of the journey leading all the way up to this new abundance. This new sight. It was as if the blind, it was as if I was the blind man going to the waters of Siloam, wiping my eyes, and I was able to see. I was able to see new things. An amazing new reality had just opened up to me. It was absolutely incredible. I went from duty to attraction. I went from obligation to love. And it was extraordinary. It changed my life completely and changed all aspects of my life, especially my life of prayer and my life in the church, my experience of the Mass. You know, in seminary, we learn all about the Mass and that experience of knowing that I'm a beloved son of God started to inform how I saw the Mass and I saw every little insight I learned about the Mass in a new light. For instance, you ever wondered why the priest starts at the back of the church and then processes in? and then kisses the altar? Why didn't he just start up here? Why didn't he just stay here? Everything in the Mass has a reason and has a deep meaning. When a priest starts off in the back, he is but a man, an ordinary man, but as he processes down the aisle, he in a sense puts on Christ. He becomes Christ the High Priest who comes here to this altar to offer us his very body and blood. And when the priest processes down the aisle, God the Father, in a sense, raises up the community at Mass into heaven. Right now, my friends, we are in heaven. At every Mass, we are in heaven. And the images around us, these images of angels and saints, are not merely here for decoration. They are here to remind us of the invisible reality all around us. At every Mass, we are in heaven. And at every Mass, we have a privileged time to renew our relationship with Jesus. That experience in the Jordan I had, in that prayer, is renewed every time I come to Mass. And that is absolutely extraordinary. That is incredible. We are each called to such abundance. The Lord has this amazing path all the way to heaven of more gifts to give us, an abundance life, a fullness of life and joy that he wants to pour out on us. But how do we do that? How do we get there? What's the next step? Now I must say, as I was praying about this all week, I was praying about this all week, I have a difficult time figuring out what to tell you. I'll be honest. Because for each of us, that abundance of life is going to look a little different. The Lord is going to speak to our hearts in a different way. But for each of us, 
The experience of abundance is going to be a treasure, something that will speak directly to our heart and fill in our hearts that we would know that we are beloved sons and daughters of God. And so I have two suggestions for us today. The first is, and this is very basic, we forget this as Catholics, and actually it was given to me right after my last Mass. We simply have to ask for it. In the book of Tobit it says, if you want life in abundance, ask of the Lord and you will receive. Ask and you will receive and it will be given to you. The second suggestion I have comes from our Gospel. So how did Jesus open the eyes of the blind man? How did he do it? Did he just touch them? Did he just command it? No. He does a far more awkward and unusual thing. He spits on the ground, takes the clay, and puts it on the man's eyes. Now you can imagine, this guy probably did not want to have the stranger putting mud on his eyes. And yet he lets Jesus do this and obeys him in going to the pool of Siloam and washing. We have to allow ourselves, allow the Lord in in an unusual way. To go out of our way to allow him to work in our lives, to be uncomfortable for him, to risk for him. A simple way that we do this is silence in prayer. You ever turn off the TV, turn off the radio in your house, in your room, and just let the silence engulf you? That can be a terrible experience. That can be a horrible experience. And yet, if we take time in prayer just to listen, God will speak and the abundance of the Lord will enter us. Another way we do this is reaching out perhaps to a relationship that is strained or hurt, someone that we have not talked to in a long time, and the Lord may be speaking to us and saying, reach out to that person. Give them a call. Send them a text message and say, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a long time. You are risking for the Lord, going out of your way to love, and the Lord responds to that. We will have prayer teams after Mass to pray over you if you would like. If you, perhaps you've never been prayed over, perhaps that is scary, that's a risk for you. This may be precisely the way the Lord wants to enter your heart, give you the abundance of life that He has planned for you. My friends, all of us are called to an abundance of life and more. We all have new steps to take. I learn new things every day new parts about God, His abundance. We just have to ask and risk for Him, go out of our way to Him, and He will answer us. He will give us an abundance of life. I'd like to leave you with just one bit of encouragement. So we here at St. John's, and should be throughout the church, but we here at St. John's are really focusing on being missionary disciples, going out and evangelizing, to live out our baptism. Now, isn't it wonderful if we do this out of obligation? Absolutely. The Lord treasures that. We have to do it. We are baptized. Go. And we follow. Absolutely. It's wonderful. But how much our hearts can change if we receive this new abundance and take it out into the world. That we, if we experience God's healing, God's forgiveness, God's mercy, that experience of love, and then take it out. People who are in love do crazy things, do extraordinary things for those they love. And if we have a renewed experience of God's love, we can take that out into the world. 
This is precisely why I do street evangelization, why I love it so much, because it is risking for God, giving God a chance to work in me. The Holy Spirit can, can move. I can fall any time. I can fail big in street evangelization. And yet every time I risk for the Lord, He gives me an amazing experience that not only do I see Christ in another person, but I can be Christ for them. I can be Christ for them. If we are to answer the question this week, what does God want for you? We merely have to go to the scriptures and hear the words of Jesus spoken to his disciples, spoken to us right now. I came that you might have life and life in abundance.